What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Beast Mode podcast. My name is Aaron Bees. I am a wife, a mom, a military veteran. I spent 13 and a half years in multi-level marketing. Thankfully, I healed my way out of it, and I am here using all of my platforms to help educate and raise awareness around the dangers of MLMs. And I'm really excited about today's episode. I have a new friend of mine. Her name is Carla Stemler-Hadfield, and she was featured in the documentary, The Rise and Fall of LuLaRoe. She is a mama. She is a business owner. She is a fabulous human being and has so many gifts. We were just sitting here talking before we started the podcast, and she has so many ideas and so many gifts, and I can't wait for you guys to hear from her follow her, do all of those things. So without further ado, Carla, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so, so much for having me on. It's exciting. Thank you so much. I'm really excited about this conversation for a number of reasons, but before we kind of get into that, tell everybody about you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So I'm from Cincinnati. I am a widowed single mom. Uh, my husband passed. It'll be um, 10 years this December. And I have an awesome 12 year old. His name is Pearson. Everybody sees him in their photos and such. And he was in the documentary briefly as well. And um, I sold LuLaRoe from, I'd say, midsummer of 16 till through fall of 17. And now I own a business called Decades Rock and Pop. Love it. Yeah, yeah. So do you want to, I guess, where do you want to start your story? Do you want to start with uh, LuLaRoe, how you, how you came about it? Sure. All of that stuff. Sure. I came about it at a, at a time in my life that I was really searching for something creative. Um, And we've, I've talked about all of the reasons for that, but, you know, after my husband passed, I was pretty sad, unhealthy, um, bad choices for, you know, a good three or four years. And um, in that time frame, towards the end of that, I really just needed something creative because I knew I'd be okay as long as I found something to put my mind somewhere else, something fun, colorful. I came across a pair of leggings that were candy corn. And I was like, ooh, you know, I love Halloween and everything themed. So where did you get those? And then that led to me wearing the product for probably four or five months. Um, And I noticed that everybody kind of took notice and asked me where I got them and things like that. And I actually reached out to somebody about the opportunity. I wasn't recruited. I actually kind of recruited myself. So interesting. Lucky for them. (laughs) Lucky, literally. Lucky for them. Yeah. So I joined in, um, I would say my inventory box probably came around the 8th or the 9th of July of 2016. Wow. And then um, within six months, I had purchased an Airstream wow. from Deanne's nephew. Yeah. Mm, that's <laughs> quite the story. <laughs> that's quite, yeah, that is that is quite the story. Um, and then I took the Airstream out and sold LuLaRoe for about, you know, another eight or nine months with the trailer. And then when she was done for the season, I kind of phased out the LuLaRoe. I knew when I went to convention of 17 and didn't really see anything themed like the way they had been producing those prints before. It was all different. A lot of like flower on flower stripes, ugly colors. I was like, I don't see this going anywhere else. I'll, I'll do a few more orders 
Yeah. And then that's it. What was the, what was the ordering process like? Because I obviously was not a part of LuLaRoe. However, I've, I've heard some kind of different things about the ordering process and, and how you get certain prints. Can you speak on that and and let everybody, Mm -hmm. like, I'm just curious. Um, how you get certain prints and some people are going to say, no, this is not true, but this is true because I was one of the people that could literally message Deanne and tell her, Hey, I didn't get, um, I need some more Halloween Randy's. Is it possible? She would check with whoever. And then she'd be like, yeah, how many do you need? So as far as like getting the better prints and getting releases, it really did depend on who you knew. Mm. If you didn't have any ends with anybody and you weren't very active, you were just kind of in the line for whatever was available. And then everything that you bought, you could buy the shirt style, but whatever print was a surprise. So, Mm. and they just got worse and worse, recycled and recycled. Um, Like consultants would send back something and let's say it was in the 1.0 earlier LuLaRoe days. Yeah. They would be ordering, you know, way after those prints should have been done. And they're getting somebody else's old inventory in their orders. That even started happening to me. That's crazy. My very last orders. I was like, wait a second. Why don't I have new inventory coming out? If you're going to send me old, then it should be half off. Like, Okay, now, so... I might be very naive when I ask this question. How did you know it was old inventory? You could tell by the prints and you could tell by the dates because some of them were in their original packaging and they would have numbers and dates on them that you could track it back. Yeah. Oh, then I did not you know order, that. Yeah. You, sometimes you'd order like my onboard package. Yes, it was ordered and it was placed and everything. We talked in June. I did speak to them before the 4th of July, but most of what came in my package, mind you, it was four or five days after the holiday, was freaking 4th of July. All the kids' leggings, 4th of July. I didn't order that. Like, and what do you do with that after the holiday is passed? Hang on to it until next year? Yeah. Sell it at a loss? I mean, yeah. And then back then, you could not discount stuff. It was like, you know... The patrol was out trolling other people's pages, like looking, did, are you below map? Are you this? Are you that? Are you that? I mean, it, it got, it, it got bad for a while. Yeah. You know, they had so many rules and stipulations on us for how to get rid of the extra stuff, whether it be old holiday or prints that just wouldn't turn for you. Do you You know, it's just such a risk. Do you think that they were doing that to try and control the narrative? So people didn't figure out what was really going on. Honestly, I, I think at a certain point, yeah, I, I do think so. I, I don't know what their intentions were with the company when they very first started. Um, but I think it was beyond a point where they couldn't control the prints and they had enough money to stop, pause and fix it. And they chose not to. Mm. That's where I fault them because Let's use the example, if everybody pre-orders the next journey shirt that I print, and then I suddenly, I don't know, I lose the image or I can't reproduce it or whatever. And I continue to like, let these people order it. And then I send them something different that is Mm. not what they wanted. I could have paused that right then and said, Hey, 
no more orders. We don't have enough good to send or, hey, I don't want to print it on this blank because it doesn't hold up as well. LuLaRoe had the choice to make the same decision. Could have said to, hey, let's pause this because these prints aren't turning out right. Let's pause. We're sending out moldy inventory. They could have taken that as a loss on their taxes. They didn't need to send it to us. Yeah. But another the whole moldy legging fiasco. There was tons, one after another, after another. And they could have chose to stop and pause at any time and they and they never did. And they should have. Yeah. They had plenty of money to do so at the time. Plenty. I talk about kind of a, a crossroads moment on this podcast and, and social media a lot, because for me, I feel like I was kind of facing a crossroads when I was really questioning what I was doing and what I was participating in and if I wanted to continue. And the crossroads yeah. for me was the fact that our, our team wasn't winning, mm-hmm. you know, on paper, they were ordering products, but when it came to the actual income that they were making, you know, they, they weren't really, they, they were not winning. It, it yeah. looked good on social media. And for me, I, at that moment I had to, I felt like I had to make a decision on, okay, well, I know this and I'm either okay with it and I'm going to continue mm-hmm. or I'm going to stand up and do what's right. And I feel like from how you're describing LuLaRoe and that process for you and what you saw in your experience, that they were at that same crossroads and they chose yeah. to put money in their pocket versus do the right thing. Yes. Course, that's just based on my opinion, but. Yeah. At some point they had a, they, they could have paused. And I think, you know, I've said this before too. I think they banked on the type of, for me person I was, when I joined, I was vulnerable. I was missing a lot in my life. I was vulnerable to believing the fake hype and the community. And we're going to be in and coming from somebody that at that point didn't feel like I had a lot of friends. I played into all of that. And I think that they knew the type of general population that was signing up and they banked on being able to convince us when they knew they probably were going to never make any of those changes to bring it back to the, in the beginning, it, it was good inventory. I mean, in the beginning that I, they didn't have a lot of problems. It wasn't like they were plagued from the very beginning. Yeah. I do think they grew too fast, but I think they had the chance to change it and they didn't, they played more into, we're going to send them whatever, buy, 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 mix more in. It'll make the old prints look new. And eh, if you have, I don't know, a few stragglers and you're going to mix those into your new inventory for a real boutique that typically works. Yeah. You could work, even work it into your clearance or your sale, but that doesn't really work with prints that are, aren't selling for a reason and yeah. because they were undesirable. Yeah. Or from old you know holidays I mean? and stuff. Like yeah. That. Or holidays. Um, I think that they took advantage of us in that sense. They banked on the cultish mentality and trying to keep you as engaged with them as possible. So you're less engaged with your family, your friends, yeah. you know, SpaghettiOs for dinner and all of these things became so promoted by them and normal. And it's like, no, you should be able to take it down a notch, turn everything off and be with your family. Like that's work-life balance. That's right. 
yeah, which became... was what they promoted. But then once you're in, they never get, they mm -hmm. never promoted it anymore. Only in the recruitment process. Yeah. That person became less and less of themselves and more and more of LuLaRoe slowly yeah. over time. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. I alienated friends and family members badly. I still feel bad about that. Yeah. I mean, I get where you're coming from, but at the same time, the person you were in that moment, you probably thought you were doing the right thing. Hey, I'm building this business and you know, I'm yes. helping women feel amazing in these leggings and they're super excited about the prints yeah. and shopping and you they made it seem like we were super important as well. Yeah. Like what we were doing was super important. And, and it was a huge fad at the in, in my years, it was at least for that first solid year, it was, it was a huge fad. It yeah. was, it was super popular Yeah. and they made themselves appear and look like celebrities, everything they posted. And I'm don't mean like serious, real, like movie star celebrities, but they marketed them themselves that way to us. So that's what we thought. Yeah. Cause why would your company lie to you? That's right. Nobody's going to question that. Well, Next they're doing thing. this because they love us. Yes. And looking back on it, it's so crazy to like, it's just so the stuff that they told us and the stuff we believed is just, it blows my mind. Yeah. Well, and, and you're not in the same place that you were when you were part of it. So True. you've removed the filter, you know, I've removed the filter. I can see things yes. for what they are. Yes. I even, even going back and looking at some of my old content or seeing some of the, you know, MLM leaders and stuff, the training that they're doing, they are so defensive because they are exactly how we were feeling. We are in it. We are helping. Yes. This is a good thing. Yes. I'm yes. making money, you know, all of these things. They, they have a filter that mm -hmm. has not been removed. You can't remove that filter until you step away from it. And right. that takes so much. And maybe that's that we can talk about that. Like what were, yeah. how did you step away? I would imagine you had a ton of inventory. Yes. I still have some inventory. Yeah. So maybe you can kind of talk about that and, you know, what you did and how you started to step away. We talked about the crossroads and you said, I was traveling around for about eight to nine months. And, mm -hmm. you know, I kept getting these prints that I wasn't, you know, we kind of figured out what was going on, but how, yeah. how did you step away? Cause I think that that is one of the most common questions that I get is how, but how do you get out? How do you step right. away? Right. I stepped away. Um, slowly and thankfully I had really good friends that had also stepped away that a few of them had these niche super amazing great little fun boutiques so I had a friend that I could ask is this true when LuLaRoe says we're making this so easy for you we're your one supplier your uh your order minimums if you do anything else are going to be through the route like they told us all of this making it seem like they're opportunity was easier than us running our own business. Mm -hmm. We take care of everything for you. Basically was the idea that they wanted us to believe, but that's so untrue. Yes, it's true in the fact that, yeah, you can order from them, but you, you don't know what you're getting. You don't have any customer service. So the first thing I started researching was everything they told me that I found out was a lie, oh. like your opening orders, how do you become a small business? I had no 
idea how flippin' easy it was compared to what they made it sound like. Yeah. Literally, you get with your state, you get your resale EIN that allows you to purchase your products at wholesale. If you're traveling around, you need a transient vendor's license. If you have a vendor's license, some states, you don't even have to go down to your main like city. Like I don't have to go down to Cincinnati and file for certain things with certain licenses. And it's so much easier. It's, it's ridiculous. And then I went to a fashion convention and first thing I asked was how big their opening orders were. Some of them had no minimums. Some of them Whereas were as low as Lula a couple Rose, hundred dollars. It was 5K with LuLaRoe, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I got out by doing the research and starting to find out like how much it was. I rushed my EIN when I finally needed it. But, and actually you don't even necessarily have to have a resale tax ID or EIN. A lot of times you can start with your social if you're doing business as depending on what your business checking account is registered under. Uh -huh. Some of the times until you have your resale EIN, these wholesale companies will use your social. So even that isn't a roadblock. It, it's, wow. so I started doing the research and I actually, for reasons we'll get into, but when I started decades, when it was really time to repurpose the Airstream and things like that, I did it with pennies. Everybody thinks that you have to have all this startup money to start. Yeah. I, I can tell you, I scrounged up way less than a grand, way less. I just got the best visual. So yeah. as people are, are experiencing cognitive dissonance, they're starting to question. They're like, okay, yes. I'm promoting my product or whatever, but part of me, like this doesn't feel good. And, and there's this kind mm -hmm. of weird space where, you know, you're questioning, but you're still kind of promoting, uh, you know, what it is that you're selling. And yes. what I pictured is that person. So if that is you listening, yes, if you are somebody that is feeling the same way that Carla and I both have felt before we got out as she was explaining this, as you were explaining this, I saw a, um, a ball of yarn mm -hmm. and that one little piece so maybe it was questioning the supplier. Yes. And I, and I would venture to say that the supplier, if, if you were co to compare leggings, mm -hmm. the price that you paid from this supplier versus LuLaRoe was probably substantially lower. It's definitely lower. Yeah. Which is pretty typical when we're comparing yes. MLMs to a business, a private you know, business or whatnot. It's definitely uh, lower. Your profit margin increases so much right from the beginning. So yeah, so that little piece of yarn all of a sudden is becoming unraveled a little bit. Mm -hmm. Then you started to, to look into like the tax stuff, the EIN number. Yes. And it was like, then you probably found, you know, groups and talked to people that owned a boutique. And it was like, before yes. you knew it, this, this ball of yarn was now unraveled. And you had yes. all of the pieces to be able to make the decision to leave. Yeah. You yeah. Think, right? like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That one little frayed end of yarn was that first seed of doubt. Like, are they really though telling me the truth? Yeah. Are you really the best option? I'm or not the only so sure option. anymore. Or the only, yeah. They made it sound like they were the only option. We were the best, easiest way for you to succeed and da, 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 da. Yeah. And a no, lot of MLM companies are like that. A lot of MLM, MLM right. companies, 
say, we are the only ones that make this. We are the only ones that do this. We have patents. We have this, we have that. And that's just, just not true. The truth is that is very untrue. I see a legitimate product for a wholesale, for a legitimate small business that rivals every single MLM that I can think of. If you love nail strips, fine. Get a, get a wholesale fair account and go order your nail strips. And what doesn't sell in your first 30, 60 days on a new brand, you can send back for free. You have literally zero risk. Oh, I didn't know you could send it back. Yeah. Fair has fair wholesale has an amazing program. When you order something from a new vendor for the first time, like I want to try new tote bags, say, and they come in and they don't sell. It's a net 60. You can turn it, you can send it back to them. That's incredible. On your and first try. Talk about taking the pressure off of starting something. So I hope you guys heard yes. what she just said. If that is something that you want to do, check them out. Yeah. Check them out. Do the research. You know, that little yeah. frayed edge of the ball of yarn. It That is it, that is my demographic. Those are the people yes. that I want to help or the ones that are questioning, the ones that are going, but. I haven't made any money or, um, I've been victimized because there is, you are victimized in a sense when you're in an MLM, when the FTC and, um, AARP says, you know, that report that just came out over 75%, Mm -hmm. according to the AARP lose money. And the Mm -hmm. FTC says over 90%, 90, I think it's like 99.9 or 99.6, according to the FTC lose money, you know, uh, that's, that speaks a lot. So, Let's yeah. dive in, if you will, into the, if you're comfortable and you don't have to sure. share numbers or any of those, like whatever you're not comfortable sharing, but I, I really want to talk about the fraud and the financial recovery. Cause I know that's something that you're passionate about and something that you want to help other women specifically with. So let's, yes. let's dive into that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And if anybody wants to email me questions or shoot me a message on um, social media, with questions about getting out of the MLM and the, some of those steps, if you really want to do a, your own legitimate small business, email me. I would love, love, love to give you the simple first steps. And I'm going to put all of her contact information, just like I always do on every show. I'm going to put her social media. We'll put her email address. We'll put all of that stuff, the link to uh, her shop, all of that stuff is going to be in the show notes so that you guys ha- have it easily accessible. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, to branch over into the financial fraud. Um, Some of your viewers that may not know my full story, um, I was a victim of female financial fraud. The perpetrator stemmed from LuLaRoe. It's Deanne's direct nephew, Sam Schultz. Um, You know, to which like he was high up in the company. If somebody doesn't know him or about him, they may not understand kind of what his draw was. Um, at the time in the years that he was with the company, he had a he had a following and, you know, plucked his victims out of the training rooms, whether it was for sexual or for financial. He was a predator. You know, he was a wolf in the room and nobody really knew at the time. There were rumors swirling with, you know, him being a sexual predator with multiple people, but you know, he had his strong followers that would turn around and stick up for him. I even stuck up for him. And then he turned around and stole everything from me. Mm. So, so we can, you know, kind of get into that. Like I, I bought the Airstream from him and 
um, we were really, really good friends in 2017. I, you know, we were friends for a year and a half before he ever asked me for a dime, which is extremely typical. And this is why, especially women, financial fraud victims, trust and believe their perpetrators because it's always somebody that you know, 99.9% of the time. Um, and usually because of the grooming process, they have spent this time like doing nice things for you. They do all of these things. So that way, when there is a doubt later on, they can say, but remember, I helped you get the Airstream onto Lantern Fest. Remember, I helped you do this. Even in the beginning, I was like, well, well, I'm going to need to see paperwork. I'm going to need to see the medicinal marijuana farm. Just what the first investment was and well you trust me don't you i've mm. known you so long at this point like you know there, there's always yeah there's always an answer for everything um so all in all he took a little over a hundred thousand oh. dollars with four different investments one was what he was charged for if you look up the state of utah courts he has 26 second degree felonies for wire fraud and Theft by communications, theft by deception, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, a bunch of those charges got dropped. And um, then two of the other investments were tour investments. And one was his brother's YouTube channel. Oh my God. He yeah. And I was, yeah, I was involved with the tours with Wyclef. So I believe I was there. There was no reason for me not to believe. And I also knew opening bands often get paid after the show at the individual venue when they can go over ticket sales, how many people walked in. Some bands also get paid a percentage of alcohol and like food sales. So even that didn't seem too far-fetched, you know, and the other one's payout didn't happen yet. So it was a short time frame, and I was very involved. Like I arranged flights and travel logistics for them when their RV was broken. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. I was really, really entwined and I really didn't have any reason not to believe the investments. Um, he did convince me to pull off accounts that shouldn't have been touched. And he used my past struggles prior to LuLaRoe to get me to do those things. He played on the guilt, like the guilt I had for you know, I was not a great mom some of those times after my husband died. You were grieving. Of I course. spent years self-medicating, you know, going back through addiction counseling and, and all kinds of things to get back to a healthy spot in my life. And he knew that I felt bad about those things. And this is the way to make up for it. You're going to earn more by me mm -hmm. than you will with it sitting in, a, in an investment account. Mm, that was the I mean, part of your story from the documentary. I was literally the crazy yeah. part about all of this is I believe that people are brought into your life for a reason. And yeah. as I was watching the documentary, I literally was bawling my face off as, as a mom, I felt everything that you were saying, you know, yeah. and I, I still do, you know, that was probably 
all, the entire documentary was so raw, but that part for me was like, I feel that I hear yeah. you. I see you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I just felt that that part resonates. And the craziest part about that is I think you messaged me a day or so after I watched it, which was crazy. Wow. And I'm like, oh my God, this is Carla. For, like, I was just watching <laughs> you on the documentary. Yes. Let's do the podcast. Yeah. You no, know, and yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to make you emotional. No, I uh, knew I would get that way anyways. Yeah. yeah I, you know. I just think it's, this is so important for us to talk about even the, the victimization, victimization, is that the right word? Of women, single moms with any sort of trauma in their past is what I want people to get. Yes, I want to help people get out of MLMs, but with sure. your story, that's really what I, I want us to, to really focus on, to help women that have been in your shoes, you know, to, to not be victimized like you were, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's emotional for me because- the type of accounts he convinced me to pull from, like I, he stole from my son. Yeah. You know, he's, I, I just, I think, and I've said this before and I'll, I, I still believe this, that if it had just truly just only been my own money, I would have been like, wow, that was really stupid, Carla. Yeah. Like, yeah. obviously I know believing him was kind of stupid, but I, fight harder because it was my son's not it wasn't just mine it was he stole and from my child and walked all over the memory of my late husband mm -hmm. who was such a hard worker yeah and I don't and think I can't sit back for the rest of my life and just yeah. let that happen and I don't think you were stupid Carla I think you were victimized I think yeah. he knew exactly what he's, he was doing and probably continues to do. And of course, oh, this is did. just my opinion, but I think he is a disgusting human being for taking advantage of the relationships and the trust of a single mom. And of course, yeah. the relationship he had with your son. I think it's oh. absolutely vile. Pearson loved him. When I finally broke down and told Pearson who stole from mommy, he went up to his room and he doesn't remember this. I think he blocked it out. When we had been in St. Louis and there's a picture of them and one of buried in one of my TikToks where I think they're signing band posters. Pearson went up to his room, took the autographed band poster, ripped it in the in right down the middle, which was Sam's face and was stomping on it. I heard him sounded like playing rough or something. And I came upstairs, opened up his door and here he was probably eight or nine at the time. Oh, wow. Maybe nine. Stomping on Sam's face, crying, saying, nobody steals from my mommy. Nobody does this to my mommy. Nobody does this to her. Yeah. Nobody does this. And then I walk in and I'm standing in the door and he's like, nobody does this to you. And I, you know, he was just in, like, I had to stand in front of him, be like, Pearson, Pearson, Pearson. Wow. I'm right here. Like I had to, it was almost like a night terror, but it was during the day. Yeah. And he was fixated. That's how traumatized Pearson was when he found out who it was that actually stole from mommy. He was absolutely freaking crushed, crushed, yeah. crushed. Didn't, he didn't speak for a week. Um, I mean, it was, he was absolutely devastated. And how's devastated. he doing now? He's doing good. He's doing good. He turned 12 last September. Um, 
He's a September baby. What day? My, I have an eight-year-old. Oh, the 24th. Okay. My son's yeah. the 7th of September. Yeah. He's doing good. I mean, the documentary and everything was a new experience for him. And, um, he was so cute in it. <laughs> I was like all the pictures and stuff of him. It was so cute. <laughs> he got a kick out of it too. He liked being mic'd and, you know, seeing the crew and the equipment. He was really, that part was really excited for both of us. And how cool is it that he was able to be a part of that and yeah. was able to hopefully express some of the things that he was maybe suppressing or whatnot, you know, talk yeah. about being therapeutic for him too. Yeah. I, I think overall, um, I think the overall, the experience has been really therapeutic Good. for him for sure. So let's talk about, uh, some steps to take if, if you want to share somebody that's experienced some kind of fraud, uh, you know, the mindset that they're in or steps that they can take or, or some, some resources yeah. guess, for, for yeah. women, you know, that yeah. have been victimized financially. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of the very first things that I would tell people is, you know, looking back in my experience, I tried a promissory note with Sam for a while, but that meant I had to deal with him every month. Just skip all that. Like if, if I, if, if there's another female fraud victim that's listening to this, that's maybe in the middle of a scam or thinks so, or is finding out that she was, don't just don't bother just because you're going to save yourself so much anguish. I didn't realize how damaging even that part was to me, Mm. but at that point, that was my only resource. And it does take a while um, to get anything like there's nothing in between the time that you find out you're scammed and restitution starts or you sue them or whatever. Um, The very first thing I would do is probably end all contact. Unless you can really handle like trying to deal with them to to squeeze a payment out here or there or whatever, but um, and go straight to your local authorities and get with a really good detective and retain an attorney right away. That way they can do all those things for you. You've got a detective working on it. And it might, you might have to pound the pavement a little bit. You know, if you're the first one, I was fortunate in the sense that he had taken so much from multiple people that I was actually approached by a detective in the, towards the beginning probably about six months before his charges came out. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I had a little bit of help. So somebody that maybe their perpetrator might not be being charged or actively investigated, they're going to have to start that ball rolling. But I can promise you, I'm sure they're not the only one. Yeah. Yeah. If they victimized one person, they've probably victimized several others. There's probably more. And the perpetrators are so good at witness tampering with you, playing Mm. with you. Oh, you don't need to go to the authorities. They, that detective already has all of the information that they need. They probably only want your signature, which you can do later. They're going to gaslight you and cover up anything that you're thinking and try to prevent you from doing all of that. That is why I say it's much better for your mental health to just stop it. You know, there's all people there's, advocate for you, the lawyer, yes, the let other people handle it um, because they're going to take advantage of you still, even if it's not from your pocketbook, 
they're stealing from you still in the emotional sense. They're mm-hmm. stealing your, your time and your strength away from all of the other things that you need to do in your life. So first and foremost, biggest piece of advice is just cut it off. They're not your friend as they're hard as change. that is. Yeah, they're, they're not your friend. They're not going to change. They're never going to pay you on time. My person is supposed to pay by a certain date every month and he doesn't. And I mean, so it doesn't matter if you think you're going to get more, if they're not charged, it doesn't, they're always going to, they're going to give you what they can give you. And that's kind of going to be that like, go to the authorities, retain an attorney, don't speak with them anymore and fight it and fight it and fight it. And one of the things that there is a victim's advocate, um, in every state, there's like a victim's relief fund, but it's plagued with red tape. It's extremely hard to get. For me, my crimes happened in Utah because it was wired to a bank in Utah. It didn't even happen in Ohio. Mm. So one of the things that I would like to do is put together a charity that provides some immediate financial relief in the form of, you know, maybe I can partner with grocery stores, clothing stores. You know, I shouldn't have had to go to food banks Mm. because somebody took every dime I had. I opened my business that I currently have six months late because I was so far behind after giving him what I did. It took me, it took me so long to catch up from that, you know, and then to still be owed and like, for example, the month of February, there is no payment because he paid uh, this next one's December 29th is the next one coming. It takes eight weeks to clear because he paid it saying, by credit card. Yeah, I, I remember you saying in the yes. documentary, he has figured out exactly how to prolong those payments. He's figured exactly. Yeah, there's, Damn artist. there's absolutely no guarantee. I have nothing for February because it's a short month. Um, there's a couple holidays in between, so that delays it as well. Whereas if he just paid by check, you would get monthly consistent payments. It would be consistent. And he gets up to 60 days to make his payment without any, so he can be, if he's 60 days late, I don't get something for four months from the last time that he, anyhow, what a con artist. He, he's a total con artist. He knows exactly what he's doing. And I he's hope he, I hope he it listens to this. I, I'm going to assume he doesn't, I'm but sure I hope he does. He does. <laughs> I'm sure he does. So when he pays November 19th and then he turns around and pays 10 days later than that, the next month, also via credit card, it's two months before I'm going to get that payment. So it'll be, a, it's going to be probably into March. Now he can't help that it takes however long for the checks to be cut, but he kind of can because he could at least do his part and pay if his date is December 6th or the 6th of it, pay it, pay it by cash or a check. Yeah. You know, I have, have I not been victimized enough that now he doesn't care. Continue to fuck around with me. Yeah. He does not just doing it to me. He's doing it to Pearson. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Like, you're doing my child. He's a child. He deserves the best. And I work my ass off these days to make sure that that happens. And you can't even pay. Like, look, I don't get up to 60 days to pay my credit card bill. Yeah. Yeah. Why does he? Yeah. 
Okay. Anyways, enough. Of that. No, I think I think <laughs> this is, no. I fan. This is a fantastic conversation, and your feelings are valid, and you are. I know. And all of those things, and that conversation that we just had, this piece is going to help so many people. I hope because so. I, I really think that when when somebody is victimized, they. I don't want to, I don't want to try and generalize, but they almost think, well, they learned from their mistakes. They won't do it again. And that's how they come right. in. We see yes. it in MLMs too. You yes. know, that's why people yes. do multiple companies is because they're like, this one's different. The comp plan's different. Leadership's different. The systems are different. They're not. They're it's not. The but what's the, the, what, the only thing that's the same that you don't get when you start your own true small business is the hype. You don't get the promises. The love. You bombing. don't get the work from home. We're only work 20 hours. Let me tell you what, the entire time I have owned decades, never have I worked 20 hours and got paid for. No, you work 40, 60 hours. I'm emailing at 1230 in the morning and I'm up emailing again at seven. Like when I was in the real building phases of everything, that's what it took. So yes, is it harder in the sense that you don't have the say MLM blanket brand behind you? Sure, but that doesn't mean that it can't be done. Your profit margins are higher so you can spend a little bit more time building your business. Mm. Your, Your order minimums are much, much lower. You know, I can't get fired. Literally, okay, nobody's gonna. Fired. I can't get fired. I've had to fire myself. I edit my own post. If I say a cuss word that sounded bad or I go on a rant, I can edit myself. I don't have an MLM billionaire head of company telling me what to do when I'm putting their groceries on the table. Honestly, like that's how I feel. Yeah, you're not. So, wrong. you know, it's a huge, huge difference, but I think they'd be so much happier. Yeah so much well you brought up decades now we have to talk about it i mean we were going to anyways but tell us (laughs) tell us about your airstream mobile business yeah so she's a 1969 airstream the actual trailer is nicknamed stevie the business is decades rock and pop because i kind of wanted something nostalgic um fun colorful obviously themed it's the inside of the interior of the Airstream itself was very 70s, 80s. And I kind of wanted to only do 70s, 80s. But as we go farther into things, it'll be four years then to July. Now it's the 90s. Yeah. You know, it's crazy too. When I started this thing, the whole concept, there was hardly anything to order music related. There was only a few, you know, you got your Live Nation and, you know, things like that. Now there's just so much more than like everybody's on the bandwagon. Yeah. And band tees are like a thing. My 14 year old is rocking some band tees and I'm like, yeah. And she's like, mom, I can't, I cannot wear a shirt that I, you know, if I don't listen to their music, I can't wear their shirt. I'm like, well, at least there's that. Yeah. I've had a couple young ones come through the store that will say the same thing. So yeah, Yeah. we carry sixties, late sixties, Woodstock Beatles era to the early 90s right now and then we always have like some funny tote bags funny gifts um I started with that in the airstream purely because you just never know when they come in if it's that experience or you've got a you know some kind of snarky thing funny thing out 
you don't know if that's their only laugh they've had. You have no idea what's going on. And I came from such a broken place, having lost my husband, being a single mom, going through LuLaRoe, then going through everything with Sam and starting the business with pennies that I thought, you know what? Not only does this need to be a happy spot for me, but hopefully it's a happy spot for everybody else. And that's truly what it was built from. It was built from wanting to, and you know, music was probably my source of happiness. And I had a turbulent childhood. I was in foster care from seventh to 12th grade. And, you know, I was close with my aunt who was, you know, very influential with music and a lot of my good memories come from, you know, we might've been just cruising around Cincy with the music blaring. I love it. You know, but those were happy times. And so now they're in my business. We travel around. Um, you can find us on all the social media stuff too and website. And people can you order know. from your website. You ship as well. Oh yeah, we ship. Okay. Um, we ship as well. We're, uh, we have a sale right now too. Oh. Everybody go order. Y'all hear yeah. me? Everybody go order from her website. It's in the show notes. Do it. Yeah. The t-shirts are $20 and 22 cents through the end of January for the new year sale for oh, 2020. Well, I'm going to have to put out this episode early then I think. Oh yeah, we should. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Maybe we should. Um, and then every order gets a $10 dash. That's a decades cash to use in March. Wow. So every order from now until Valentine's Day gets a $10 off coupon to use in March. Love that. No, so no I'm minimum. Say it again. Go order from Carly's <laughs> website. I don't say that often, but go do it. Okay. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah. We do have some that are on pre-order because we're waiting on some blanks like Van Halen and things like that. But Love. yeah, there's all kinds. There's, it's fun. We even have, we're, we're ridiculously obsessed too, because when we see all the colors together and yeah. our little cards and stickers, and we, I mean, we like to put stuff together cute when we send it out. So I love that. I love We that. have fun even packing the orders. Very I mean, cool. Yeah. I think lucky. this was awesome. Carla, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to put all yeah. of your information in the show notes. Um, I, I really think that we're going to help a lot of people you sharing your story. I, you know, is, is going to help some, some women and I'm really excited about that. So thank you for being here. I know that your son is going to be home any second, so I don't want to yeah, take any time away about from <laughs> your son, so. uh, but yeah, but, just have ladies reach out to me. Um, you know, it, it, it could be small steps for starting your own business or, Hey, I, this is what this person's doing to me you know, let me know what kind of financial situation you're in with someone. And, and, you know, maybe I can help. Yeah. The biggest piece of advice though, is really truly to protect your own self-care, well-being, mental health, however it is worded for you and your situation, end it and get to authorities and, and get yourself a support system, a non-biased, you know, mental health coach or something to help get you on the right path and away from that person. Yeah. It's Carly, so important. You are, you are so strong and you are going to be, and, and currently are, but as you create your nonprofit, you're going to help so many women. And I know that you're still kind of in the thick of, you know, the pain and the healing and the trauma and all of that stuff, but you are such a force. So I hope that you keep Thank telling you. your story. 
um, give Pearson a big old hug for me. I know he doesn't know me, but just give him a little bit of love for me. And um, thank you again for being here. And you guys go follow Carla on all the things and I'll see you guys on the next episode. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you guys for listening.